Amen. Well, good morning. Yes, Kiora, good morning. All of the above. It's good to be together. Amen. I trust you all had a wonderful break and uh, good to see some new faces, good to see some old faces, good to see everyone. Well, some of you, those that are still holidaying, Lord, we forgive them. <laughs> no, it's good. It's great to be together. Who's, ha who's been enjoying this beautiful weather? Yeah, it's great. Someone told me it's like they hugged me and they said, oh, this is like Hyderabad, India. I said, oh, not really. You know, that's 41, 42. We're in the late 20s, so that's okay. You know, but uh, great, great to be together. Who is grateful to God for another year? Amen. We are to be grateful people. We are to be thankful people. The more grateful we are, the more thankful we are, the more we can enjoy this life. Amen. It doesn't matter what last year, whatever happened last year, um, good or bad, you know, I thank God that we entered into this year and we have an opportunity to redeem this year for the glory of God. Amen. So redeem it through my life, my lifestyle. Redeem it through, through uh, people around me. How do I uh, help people? How do I help myself in the Lord? Because all the answers are in the Bible. Amen. All the answers are in the Bible. And, um, you know, this morning I want to talk about changing my world for Christ. Changing my world for Christ. And our church vision is raise and empower a generation who changed their world for Christ. Raise and empower a generation who changed their world for Christ. And so how do I change my world? What does it mean to change my world? In Christ, through Christ, for Christ. How, what does it look like? And we're going to explore that. Because it's a two-fold answer. Number one, to change the world that I live in, I've got to learn to allow the Word of God to change me first. Amen? I'm talking to the man in the mirror. I'm asking him or her to change. Yeah, well, somebody's been listening to Michael Jackson. Right? And, um, you know, because we all, God has a purpose for all of us. God has a purpose. God has a plan for all of us in our lives. And um, uh, we had the privilege, Cara and I, about a year and a half ago, uh, um, to, to go to Hawaii. It was a great time there. And uh, we were on the North Shore, and I was sitting on the beach, and Cara went out to swim with the turtles. I thought, that's nice. God bless you. You know, and I'm sitting on the beach and I was looking at the sun and I was kind of going, Lord, I thank you. You know, people dream to be in Hawaii on a holiday. It's nice to be there and all those things. And I, I was thinking, you know, it's nice to be here, but I still don't feel fulfilled. I still don't feel satisfied. The weather is great, the, 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 the surrounding is great, it's very beautiful, the water is warm, everything, there's aloha, you know, everything happening, it's beautiful, but still, I didn't feel, I'm enjoying all this, but I don't feel satisfied, I don't feel fulfilled, what is wrong with me? I was getting a bit worried, I said, like, what is wrong with me? I didn't get an answer straight away. But then that the following weekend, we were in a church and ministering there. Uh, this is about, so when we were there, it was three days before the weekend. So the weekend, we went to the church, and I was ministering, and this particular lady, God, I had a word for her, and I gave her a word, and she responded to the word, and she was in tears, and um, obviously God was moving in her, not because I upset her. Uh, and, um, and then she came for prayer, and as I was praying for her, as I was ministering to her, I felt the Lord speak to me and say, now do you realize your purpose? And there was such great joy and fulfillment in my life because to see someone, not because they're crying, but because they're being ministered by God. Amen. 
We all have a purpose. It's great to have a break. It's great to have a holiday. Great to enjoy some good food, some nice drinks, whatever you did. Fantastic to be with family, whatever you did. But our true fulfillment, our true satisfaction in life comes when we are fulfilling the plan and the purpose of God. When we are in the center of the will of God. Amen. So, raise and empower a generation to change their world for Christ. How do we do that? Do you know that we all have a purpose in life? Some of us know the purpose in life. Some of us don't know our purpose in life yet. But the Word of God is very clear. And let me show you this through the Word of God, that God has a purpose for you. It's in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are a salt. What does that mean? God wants you to add flavor. God wants you to add value. God wants to add value in people's life. There is a purpose God has for you. You know, salt is very flavorful. Too much salt is not good for you. Right? And now we're not going to talk about salt too much. I did a bit of study on salt because I was enjoying it, but I had to be pulled back into it. But in Roman days, salt was how they paid wages. Yeah. So if you worked for somebody, they gave you salt, not cash. Interesting, salt has a very valuable, it's very valuable commodity back in the day, it still is, but in the biblical times. So you are the salt of the earth. God is saying, I have a purpose for you, and the purpose is you've got to add value to people. Amen. And then um, showing them purpose, unlocking their potential. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. Me, you ask? Yes, you are the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Let this little light shine, amen? Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Let your light shine. Like a city, like a city on a, top of, uh, uh, on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And we are the light. And God wants us to be a light. Uh, about a few days ago, I was reading an article on um, newspaper of the guy that got rescued of... Uh, um, uh, from Fangamata, you know, in the sea, who um, survived for 24 hours in the sea. Praise God, he got rescued. You know, to be by yourself, he saw some sharks. I love sharks, by the way. I do. Anyway, um, see, again, I'm digressing. But um, you know how he got rescued? is by the reflection of his watch through the sunlight. You know, some things that we take for granted, but there is power in light. Without light, you cannot see me. I can guarantee you that. Now stop it, everybody. Oh, Lord, forgive their thoughts. Right? But you are the light. And look at verse 17, it's 16. It says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. So that everyone will praise who? Your heavenly father. Not you. Not me. Not, oh wow, how amazing you are. Wow, how great you are. No, so that they can praise the heavenly father. There is a purpose that God has for us. That is to be a salt and to be a light in this world. Showing godly character by living a godly life. Amen. That's the purpose of God. It's great to have education, fantastic, but that's not the ultimate purpose through your education. You start doing whatever you are trained to do, but you see, just because you have education doesn't bring fulfillment in life. I'm educated, but that didn't bring, when I say educated, yeah, I got a degree, but that didn't bring satisfaction in life. What brings satisfaction is when you're living for the glory of God. Amen. So 2024, are we living for the glory of God? You know, add value to people. What does that mean? To influence people. Influence people for good. We can influence people for bad too. Trust me, don't we? 
I'm sure you all know that. But we can influence people for good. Live godly values. You know, godly values, living godly values is very attractive. It is very attractive. What does that mean? Uh, if you read uh, the uh, Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. That's godly values. Love, self-control, joy, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. I'm testing you now. Now. Yeah, you know, so as we live that out, it attracts people to God. My purpose, yes, I've got accounting, but I'm not an accountant. I'm not defined as an accountant. I'm defined as a child of God who bought me with his precious blood. Yes, I will use my accountancy to work, whatnot. But with my job, I want to share my values. I want to shine the light of God in my office. Amen. If I am a lawyer, I may that be because yes, that's just a platform, but I use that to reflect the glory of God. If you're a doctor, you use that to reflect the glory of God. If you're a builder, you use that to reflect the glory of God. They're just a platform. But if you're living for a career, that it does not bring fulfillment. That might bring some money and a house and a car, but I tell you what, they will never satisfy you. They'll give you joy for a little while. But when you crash into somebody, we saw somebody crashed. A Mustang, beautiful looking Mustang. And a Toyota Esteem, Esteem, I think. And uh, Esteem, yeah. And it crashed. And I was going, oh, their holiday got ruined. Because we came back from the beach and they're still there for, after four hours. They're still sitting there on their phones. You know, it's good to have these things that bring joy. I'm not against them. But if that's what you're living for, you've lost your purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. I know we are in summer, but just because it's summer, life doesn't stop. You know, we're funny people. When it's too hot, we complain. When it's too cold, we complain. When it's too hot, we want to be out on the sea. When it's too cold, we want to be at home. We always give excuses not to be in church, like the ones that are holidaying right now. <laughs> yeah, we're good Christians. We don't talk to them. We talk about them when they're not around. At least I'm gossiping publicly. It's not gossip. Those that are watching, we forgive you. Show value, show character. Live. Viewing ourselves as salt and light is essential in our day-to-day -day walk. Amen. Viewing ourselves as a salt and light in our day-to-day. -day, I have to ask myself, am I adding value? Ultimately, am I adding value to other people with my life? Am I actually creating a legacy with my life? With the resources I have? With the family God has blessed me? Whether it's biologically, you, God has blessed you with a family. Whether it is through adoption, God has blessed you with a family. However you have, have a family, God blessed you with that family. Are you adding value? Are you adding a legacy? Uh, creating a legacy? Are you, am I living a life that will be a salt and light in this world? God has placed us in this planet for a purpose. He's given us identity. He's given us a call, a gifting, and a potential. Amen. So how do we unlock all this? How do we unlock all this to live a life that brings glory to God? That's where this title comes in. Changing my world for Christ. Before I really want you to change, I should change. We do this in marriage. Trust me, we do marriage counseling with other people, but more than other people, it's between us. Even over holiday, I said, okay, what are some things we need to change in our marriage? Because we've got to change. Why? We want to add value, influence, and to be better. Amen. To give God the glory. Hallelujah. So we got to be changers. we got to, ch to be changed people for the glory of God. Be the change in our world for Christ. And to be a change in people who are in our world. Are we changing? So a point that I have here is be the change by choosing God's purpose for your life. 
Be the change by choosing God's purpose over your life. Our choices change our lives more than our circumstances. Amen. I'll read those out soon, uh, but uh, the scriptures. But our choices change our lives more than our circumstances. I don't care what the circumstances are. I have a choice. Amen. You have a choice to change for good. I have a choice to change for good. You go back on a holiday, you come back, you see the same mess in your house. That's not gone anywhere. But I tell you what, your circumstances cannot change you, but you can change yourself in Christ, amen, with Christ, and allow God to change us, not our circumstances. So why must I change the way I think? Now you can put the slide. Because my thinking affects my beliefs. It's not on the screen, but I want to say that. My thinking affects my beliefs. My beliefs affect my behavior. And my behavior affects my destiny. Amen? I'll say that again. My thinking affects my beliefs. If I think I am a child of God, then my belief will become I am a child of God. Because that is the truth. It doesn't matter if I'm brown, black, white, yellow, green, purple, whatever color, whatever ethnicity, it doesn't matter where we come from. But if I choose that God is for me and not against me, that God has set me on this planet for a reason, and that's not just to get to work, come home and complain about, no matter what holiday, oh, it's so hot, so tiring. No, I have a purpose. So I believe in that. And that thinking changes my Belief. My belief, my belief, sorry, my changes my behavior. Because when I think that I'm born again, I'm set by, free by God, and my behavior becomes one that is walking in freedom. Amen. And when I walk in freedom, my behavior affects my destiny. My behavior affects my destiny because if I think as a loser, I will end up my destiny as a loser. But if I think that, yes, God has anointed me for whatever work he's created me for, but I will follow Christ, I will be all that he has wanted me to be, then my destiny will end up in glorifying God. And of course, I will be with, Father, with the Father just as you are, because you've given your hearts to God, but we will glorify Jesus. So my thoughts direct my life. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, Be careful how you think. It all starts in your thinking. It all starts in a thing. Be careful how you think. That is thinking in your heart, not just in your mind, in your heart. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Amen. How I view myself, how I view my relationships with people, how I view my work, how I view my money, how I view my family, all these things impact because it shapes my thoughts. My struggle happens in my mind. It's a mental battle. How many of you struggle with thoughts that are sometimes difficult, sometimes are very hard to, to, to process? Whether, you know, thoughts that could be right or wrong, uh, what is easy or what is hard, you know, thoughts of good and evil, what is healthy and unhealthy, you know, they create stress, they create anxiety, they create fear, they create negative emotion, loneliness, affection, uh, discouragement, and all those so on and so forth. They create because it all starts with thinking. It all starts with thinking. You know, a month ago, just before the first week of December, something happened in my own life, uh, personal, not just personally in me, but in my, through my family. And uh, I'm still dealing with that because, you know, one particular person, but there's a wave of, you know, wave of uh, anger and a wave of grief that comes. And every time that comes, I'm learning to forgive this individual. I'm learning to forgive. And I keep asking the Lord, Lord, I thought I've learned how to forgive. No. It's like before what happened in first week of December, in November, I had to learn to forgive someone else. Boom, this happens. So it's a continuous learning. Amen. 
And if I don't forgive that person, he or uh, that person will do whatever that person want to do, but it's going to restrict my life. So change how we think. James chapter 4 verse 1 says, Where do all the fights and quarrels come among you? They come from, the, from your desires for pleasure, which are con constantly fighting within you. Isn't that interesting? Where do fights come from? They don't come from my neighbor. No, don't come from the person we are married to. They come from your desires for pleasure, which are constantly fighting within you. Romans 7.22 says, I love God's law. This is Paul writing. He says, I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war in my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. So even Paul is being very vulnerable, saying, look, even I struggle. I do the thing that I don't want to do. And because there is a war within me. So we need to renew our mind. God's spirit works in my mind and my heart. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23. Let's look at that. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. How cool is that? How cool is that scripture? Let the spirit of God renew my thoughts and my attitudes. Then no matter what you say or do to me, my heart you know, as the Bible says, guard my heart. If I guard my heart, then my attitudes will be pure. Then I'm walking in freedom. And my freedom is not dependent on how you treat me. My freedom is dependent on who I am anchored to. Amen. So if I can change my world, in my heart, in my mind... And if I continue to change that by the renewing of the word of God, if I continue to change that and reminding myself constantly, no, I'm bought with the precious blood of Jesus. I am reminding myself, I'm reminding my wife that, I'm reminding my children, especially as they continue to grow up now, teenagers, you know, there's a war between Christ and culture. And we're saying that's what the culture says, but this is what Christ says. Yes, I know what the culture wants you to do, but listen to what Christ is saying. Keep reminding, keep renewing. Amen. And I'm also stirred, seriously, this year I pray that we will be church that will pray bold prayers. Amen. Let's pray bold prayers over ourselves, over our family. Let's believe for healings. Let's believe for salvations. Let's believe for breakthroughs. I'm praying that over my children. You know, when we named Silvana, Silvana means, uh, the biblical meaning for Silvana means dwelling in the spirit. So now I'm saying, Lord, I pray that she will dwell in the spirit more in you. That as a teenager, she will begin to be influenced by your spirit, not by the spirit of the world. Amen. Because I tell you what, we, without Christ, it's so difficult to parent. Come on. It's not what you talk that will, they will listen to. It's what you do, they will do that. And a brock means praise. So we're saying, Lord, that his life will be a praise unto you. And Leo means, of course, we know, lion, courage, you know. But man, for the 10-year-old, he had to be very courageous with all his allergies and whatnot. But we're praying those over them. Why? We want to prophesy God's word over their lives. That the devil, we can do our best, but I pray that the seed is an incorruptible seed. Are you listening to me? Where your children are... They're in their 20s, 30s. If your children are already married in the last six to eight months, a lot of weddings, you know, they are still your children and all the mothers said. I'm hearing some mothers are going, amen. Some mothers are going, yep, 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 my children are going to get married soon and all that. You know, all the mothers said, amen. Are there any mothers whose children got married recently? It's a short-term memory loss. Oh, you're living in denial. 
Now I'm just picking on you, but, but no matter how old our children are, let's prophesy over their lives. Amen. Let not the devil steal, kill, and destroy. We speak life in the name of Jesus. We speak hope in the name of Jesus. We speak future in the name of Jesus. We cannot do that if we don't believe that. We cannot speak that if we don't live that. We cannot be the change if we are not allowing God to change our lives. Amen. So the first change to change our world is to change really our world for Christ. How we think. I love that. Change our attitude. Verse 24, Ephesians says, put on your new nature. Your new nature, which is heavenly, which is godly, which is spiritful, which is hopeful, which is lifeful, which is purposeful. It's not here, but I'm speaking that. Created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. How cool is that? God created you to be righteous and holy. God created you to be the light and the salt. God created you to give Him the glory. Can we change ourselves to be more like God? And part of being bold, before we start evangelism, before we start all those things, um, we got to really be bold to say, God, change my life. And if there are hidden sins, secrets, go talk to someone and say, look, would you help journey with me on this? I'm struggling with this. Would you journey with me on this? I need help. Would you pray with me? Would you journey with me? Would you remind me the scripture? When I am weak, would you pray with me? Would you remind me to be the man, the woman that God has created me to be? It's good to be, do life with people who are pushing you into the things of God. Who is encouraging you, pushing you, stirring you, making you accountable to press into the things of God. Don't just say my wife or my husband. No, we need friends in our lives. We need friends that will speak the truth to us. So Paul really has learned to change himself. And as, as I said, there's a two-part story or the message in this. Is number one, we've got to learn to change ourselves with the word of God. And when we change the way we think, the way we, then we, the, it, it will change the way we speak. It will change the way we act. It will change our destiny. Amen. Now, number one change is where we change ourselves. And number two is changing other people in our world. Who are they? They are our colleagues, our family members, our brothers, our sisters, our friends, soccer club, wherever you are. Whatever your world is, your employer or your employees, whatever your world is, how do I change? That means how do I influence them? How do I impact them? How do I bring Christ in them? How do I be the salt in their lives? How do I be the light in their lives? That's the purpose God has created us for. How do we do that? Now Paul is talking in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He's addressing a group of Christians who are comfortable in their life. They're proud for their, all their self-achievements. And they are satisfied. And so Paul recognized who he was writing to. Paul also recognized that he is the only plan to win people to Christ. Do you know you are God's plan to win people to Christ? You are God's plan to win people to Christ, not someone else. You are God's plan to win people to Christ. So Paul is writing to them and he's trying to shake them up from their complacency and saying, make sacrifices to win others for Jesus. And I want to read this scripture and I want to break three points in here. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 to 23. Even though I am free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jew, I lived like a Jew. To bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. I did, not, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. Verse 21. When I am with the Gentiles, who are non-believers, who do, do not follow the Jewish law, 
I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. Verse 22. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Can you see it? His mentality, his thinking, his desire, his purpose. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. Doing everything I can to save what? Some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. So with the religious, he's being religious. With the non-religious, he's being non-religious. And he's doing everything possible to bring some to Christ. So what are my three points in here? I want to talk about being intentional really. Be intentional to know who you are in Christ. Again, I'm repeating this. This is very important. You have to know who you are in Christ. Amen. Wakey, wakey. Amen. Be intentional to know who you are in Christ. Verse 19 says, Even though I am a free man to know master, I've become a slave to all people. Why? To bring many to Christ. He's a free man with no master. Do you know we have freedom in Christ? We did a course last year as a church, freedom in Christ. Our freedom is not so we can abuse our bodies. Our freedom is not so we can abuse our, 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 our finances. Our freedom is not so we can abuse whatever God has blessed us with. No, our freedom Christ has given it so that with that freedom, we live for Christ and we bring other people to Christ. You are free. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are free. Say it again as you mean it. You are, fr- are you, fr- obviously you're not free then. Because if you're free, because free is not a mental thing. Free is knowing the truth. I am free in Christ. So turn to your neighbor and say to them as you mean it and believe it. You are free. You're whispering, that's okay. I know it's the first Sunday of the year. I know we're cranking up the motor. It's too hot out there. It's, you know, too bright. It's, yeah, I know, I know, we are hungry. Even though he's free, he's no master. He's slave to all to bring many to Christ. Verse 20, even though I'm not subject to the law. See, he's saying I'm not subject to the law of Moses, but I'm subjected to the law of Christ. So what I do, I don't do it of obligation, amen. I don't do it because somebody's asking me to do it. I do it because I love Christ. I don't go to church because I feel guilty if I don't go. No, I come to church because I am with my brothers and sisters, minus those that are still on holiday. Lord, we continue to forgive them. You know, and uh, that we come together. Why? We encourage one another. We hug one another. And don't spread COVID, by the way, but we hug one another. And we, we bless one another. There is a reason that we are under the law of Christ. Amen. Verse 21 says, but I do not ignore the law of God, but, I, but obey the law of Christ. Amen. So number one, be intentional to know who you are in Christ. Please, this is the truth. I want you to know this. The key to changing your world for Christ is to know who, are you, who you are in Christ. Because who you are in Christ will permeate in everything you do with your life. And if you don't know who you are in Christ, then it's going to confuse you, distort your vision, confuse your mind, no clear thinking, and we will be swayed by culture, Christ, from Monday to Saturday, culture, Sunday, Christ. It's like a dry cleaning process. God doesn't want you to be in a dry cleaning. He's cleansed you once and for all. You are clean. You are holy. You are pure. 
you are set apart. No sin in you can stick to you because the blood of God is over you. Meditate on that. Be intentional to know who you are in Christ. And that value doesn't come from what you do. That value comes from who you are. And being in the truth and saying, God, I thank you for who I am in Christ. Number two, be intentional in your influence. Be intentional in your influence. Paul was very intentional. He was with the religious. He was with the non-religious. He was with the moralist, the non-moralist, the defeated, the demoralized. He was with everybody. Why? He was very intentional to connect with them. For some reason, we Christians, we think we should correct them. We have the right to correct people. No, we are there to connect with them first. Amen. Connect with people first, and then when you bring the correction through the word of God, it becomes much more palatable. Amen. Paul entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view, but he never indulged in their sin. Amen. I think we want to be so cool and so relevant that we are losing our authenticity in Christ. We want to look cool. We want to get the tattoos, get the shorts, get the hair, get all those things done. And you know, some Christians even said, damn. They have no clue what damn means. I hear Christians say, say, man, what a a great day today. Oh, damn it is. It's coming to our lingo. Making you think. We are to connect with people, amen, and not to correct them. Paul didn't take on their way of life. He kept his faith and convictions in Christ. Paul didn't take his way of li- their way of life. So I'm smoking with the guy who's smoking with me, and if you come and say, Pastor Peter, why are you smoking? Oh, come on, it's biblical. I am being all things to all men. So that I can lead them to Christ. Hallelujah. No, no, no. No, no. I can sit with a smoker, but I don't have to smoke. He is a brother who is lost. He's a friend who is lost. I want to connect and do life. Some people, I've connected with them for eight and a half years and I'm still praying for salvation. It will come when the Lord wants to come. I'm not there to bring change. I'm there to bring Christ to them. Amen. Be intentional in your influence. Be intentional in your influence. I remember I um, made dinner. We made dinner for someone in Christchurch when we lived there. An elderly couple. I mean, I love Indian food. I thought spices are praise the Lord. The more hard they were, the curry was, the more enjoyable it is. So I invited this elderly couple who hardly eat curries. Lovely lady ate my curry. The next two days she paid for it. But what I, have, what I learned from that is my enthusiasm, my passion for curry made someone sick. So so, what I've learned is just because, I say to some people, just because you love ice cream, okay, you don't take a three-liter tub of ice cream and shove it in their face and go, eat it, 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 eat it. That's a bit too much. It's a bit too much, too intense. And I think I shared this story with you once when I was teaching my children, Silvana particularly, I said, Silvana, let's do devotions. And I tell you, she was an angel. I said, let's do devotions. She goes, what is devotions, dad? She was like three, two, three, I can't remember. What is devotions? I said, let me tell you what devotions. Such a godly girl you are. You know, yes, you're a godly girl. What a, and she loved the devotion. She asked me questions from the Bible. I was like, wow, I'm such an awesome dad. 
And I, that night I went to bed so peacefully. The next night I said, let's do devotion, Silvana. Ugh, boring. <laughs> and the holy righteousness arose within me. I just wanted to put her in a blender. But you see, God was telling me, he said, don't be intense, be intentional. Amen. If you love someone, be intentional, don't be intense. Imagine if, I'm, if you're dating somebody, don't stalk them. There's a difference between taking interest and stalking them. Amen. Intense is obsession, it's crazy. Don't be intense, you know, oh, you know wherever. oh Jesus loves you, brother. Oh, you shouldn't have that phone. It's radiation 5G. You'll go to hell. You're encouraging. You know, Steve Jobs, no jobs, all that jobs. You know, no, 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 brother. Oh, oh you're wearing a t-shirt. Stonefish studio. Oh, oh, that's from the devil. You know, that's too intense. I'm just picking on him. Oh, you're wearing, oh, cross is not meant to wear on your neck. It should be meant to wear, you should carry the cross. Oh, it's not. You're exercising what Christ has done for you. You dirty, rotten sinner. Don't be intense about it. Look, don't be so intense that even good thing becomes a bad thing. Be intentional in your influence. Connect with people. You say, I don't have friends. Please go make friends. That's the answer. Make friends somehow. Join a pool club. Tell something. The last point as I close. Be intentional in being a participant, not just experience. Amen. Verse 23, Paul said, I do everything I love this part. I do everything. Can we just hold there? I do everything. What does everything mean? That means when I go to Goat Island, swimming, snorkeling. Amen. When I go out to some beef curry, that's everything. When I go on honeymoon, that, not me, but you know, that's everything. When I go to work tomorrow for some who are starting work, that's everything. When you're having a coffee with someone, that's everything. When you're walking around, well, we walked around the mound. We holidayed in Tauranga. When you walk around the mound, that's everything. Amen. When you're getting your tires fixed, that's everything. When you're eating with a friend, that's everything. When you go watch cricket, that's everything. Don't separate Christ from your life. The Jewish people never had two, two different worlds. It wasn't a dichotomy that they lived in. They had one world and that world was God and under God is me. And everything comes from God. There was no secular for them. Everything, Paul did everything. Why? To spread the good news and share in its blessing. Everything. When I'm feeding my kid, everything. When I'm disciplining my children, everything. When you're taking your wife out on a date, you are five week, four week old wife? Four weeks? Three weeks? Five weeks? Come on, who's counting? <laughs> yeah, <coughs> five weeks, are you sure? We're going to test you later. But five week old wife, when you go date, it's everything. Do everything for what? For the spread the good news and share in its blessing. And when we do that, I tell you what, I'm coming as I close. These names here, all these names, they won't come to Christ if you sit here and pray 24 7. Yes, prayer is important. But you got to be intentional in your influence. Amen. I was the only one who said amen to that. They will not come to Christ if we don't do life with these people. We are to do life with them. We are to sit down with them, have cups of coffee with them. 
have a glass of wine, that's okay. I mean, but don't drink a bottle of wine alone. That's a worry. Changing my world for Christ. Changing my world for Christ means me living my life intentionally. Nothing happens by accident. Changing my world for Christ means me intentionally choosing to live under the covering of God. Changing my world for Christ means me intentionally doing life with people, connecting with them. Now, whatever your personality type, you're introvert, you're extrovert, you are whatever vert you are, you are a witness for God. Amen. Acts 1.8 did not say, and the Holy Spirit came upon the extroverts and they changed the world for Christ. Whatever vert you are, you are a witness for God. You may have one friend, you may have hundred friends, you are a witness for God. You go for a walk, you go take your dog for a walk, you're a witness for God. You're building your house, you're building someone else's house, you're a witness for God. Hallelujah. Let your light shine. Let us add that flavor. Let's be attractive. You know, this morning we're going to take communion and communion... As 2024, as a church family, today is the first Sunday we're taking communion together. And I pray as we take communion, I pray that we will say, God, as I partake in the blood of Jesus, let me partake in the life of Christ that I have for me. A life of abundance. A life of hope. A life of future. as I partake in the blood of Christ. God, that I know that I'm not just doing this traditionally, but I do it because the blood of Jesus is still alive. That I'm washed and set free. As we partake... God, I want to be intentional to remind myself that I am the apple of your eye. That I am created in the image and in the likeness of God. God, as I partake in this holy communion, it's a reminder what you did on the cross. It's a reminder of who I am in you. It's a reminder what I am to do for you. So I partake in the body of Christ. God, I thank you. God, as I partake in the holy communion, would you give me a heart for the lost? Would you give me a heart for the lost? That Lord, we will feel that same passion that you feel for the lost. All my concerns, all my fears, all my worries, I can cast it away. Cast my burdens unto Jesus. Hallelujah. I speak Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy, 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 holy. We speak Jesus. Can we speak Jesus over our lives? Come on, begin to prophesy that over yourself. Prophesy that over your family. Come on, prophesy over your children. Prophesy before we take communion. Prophesy and pray and prophesy that over your family, over your children, over your grown-up children, over your grandchildren, over your whatever business work, whatever your influences. Begin to pray over that in Jesus' name. Lord, I prophesy life. I prophesy hope. 
God, I prophesy in the name of Jesus. Come on. Why don't you pray over yourself? If you're here with your spouse, lay hands, pray. If you're here with your friend, lay hands and pray over your friend. If you're here with your children, why don't you lay hands on them and pray life? Come on. Let's speak this. Speak the name of Jesus over each other. Come on. Over every heart and every mind. Worship team leads. Why don't you pray? Pray for one another. I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is love. I thank you for the body of Christ that was beaten, that was broken, that was abused, that was spat upon. You took all that shame and guilt to take my shame and guilt and you were persecuted for my sake. We thank you for that and as we partake in the body of Christ, we are grateful we are reminding ourselves of that and now we say God that we will be bold in Christ and we will use this body for the glory of God. Would you partake in the body of Christ with me this morning? Mm. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. That through your blood, that there's a washing of our sins. Through your blood, our guilt and our shame has been cleansed. Our sins from the past have been cleansed. We, through your blood, we are reminded that today is a new day in Jesus Christ. Behold, all things have passed and all things have become new. We thank you for your blood. That we are not entangled by our past, but we are set free and released into all the purposes, plans, and the promises of God over our lives. And we thank you for that. Let's partake in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we stand to our feet and can we declare this song prophetically? As we come to an end, but can we close with this song? Declaring prophetically, we are saying, I speak Jesus. I'm not going to speak what the world wants me to speak, but I'm going to speak Jesus over my life, over my family, over my children, over myself, over my grandchildren, over my parents, over my grandparents, over my business, over my school, over my class, over my sports, over my work, wherever, whatever your world is, speak the name of Jesus. Amen.